Hey there, pilgrims. On this week's Dose, we have a tremendous trio of startups making waves. First up, you'll hear about Collective, the first AI-powered finance platform designed for solopreneurs, mm. hot off a $50 million raise from big investors like Gradient Ventures, General Catalyst, QED, and many others. Next, you'll hear about Waste Fuel, a startup that's looking to advance sustainability in the global shipping industry by converting waste into fuel for cargo ships. The company just raised a $10 million Series B led by BP Ventures, and safe to say we are all kinds of gassed up about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, stick with us for a breakdown on Skims, Kim Kardashian's shapewear clothing line, which just raised a massive $270 million Series C led by Wellington Management, as the company looks to open its flagship brick-and-mortar stores in the United States. Pretty cool. It's a big trio of companies here today for this week's Dose, so let's get it started. Here we go. Is he here, kid? You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. All right, our first company of this week's dose is Collective. They just raised a $50 million round, uh, and their goal is to become the first AI-powered finance platform designed for solopreneurs. The round included participation from a, a good list of notable VC names like Gradient Ventures, General Catalyst, QED, and many others. Right, quite the cap table there. A little more background on Collective. The company was founded by Human Radfar, Ugar Kaner, and Bugra Ake. And apologies to the founders if I butchered their names there. A little background on each of them. Human, the CEO, previously started a company that got acquired by Oracle and has been a successful venture capitalist and early stage investor in case study worthy startups like Uber and Sweetgreen. And additionally, Uger and Bugra were both instrumental in building the initial products and tech stack and now both sit on the board of directors for the company. Yeah. Yeah, a really great, strong team that we were looking on the website there. And so a little bit more about what, it, you know, what even is a solopreneur? Who are they targeting here? Basically, it's very simple, an individual who runs their own business. And these are becoming more and more common, especially these days with the rise of the internet, with all the opportunities to build a solo business online. Right. I've definitely been tempted by an Instagram reel or two yeah. to drop everything and start drop shipping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious also if a solopreneur is synonymous with a multi-hyphenate or does one make you the other? Uh, well, multi-hyphenate, that's a good call out there for from what do we want to say? Episode like 35, right in that, that range? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. A Certainly episode 35. Being someone that does many different things. There's I'm sure there hats. are a lot of solopreneurs that are multi-hyphenates. Exactly. And uh, one thing we wanted to highlight here is that according to the blog post, which we'll link in the show notes, 39% of the United States workforce is in the solopreneur category. Yeah, I, I was shocked. You know, I would have guessed maybe like 10 to 20 percent yeah 39 right? does not check out I, I i question the math but I, I know we can't question the math but that's just insane i don't know i'd like to have seen the growth trajectory on that like how much has 
has happened within the last right. few years with COVID, um, but a, a staggering number there. So a big market for them to serve and totally. And, and I think a, a big opportunity to kind of fill a gap for these people to help run their business. So a little bit more about Collective Solution. They're a finance and accounting back office solution for the business of one. So there's kind of two terms <laughs> that I found on their website synonymous, synonymously used, solopreneur and the business of one. And so basically what they do is they help with company formation, so filing for either an LLC or an S-corp. And then they're helping with all the nitty-gritty stuff that most solopreneurs don't want to deal with, mm -hmm. tax, accounting, bookkeeping. Uh, so they take care of all that for you. Right. That's, in fact, probably what makes most solopreneurs just become regular old entrepreneurs is they, you know, they, don't, they can only handle right. so much. They don't want to deal with taxes and accounting and legal things. So... An interesting solution here by Collective for sure, keeping the solopreneur opportunity alive. Mm -hmm. And the main goal of the company is naturally to take care of all the administrative back office type of stuff for the solopreneur. But secondarily and interestingly, they also aim to maximize tax savings, yeah. which is crucial uh, to any solopreneur trying to get off the ground. Yeah. They are, quote, obsessed with S-Corps. I love a good S-Corp. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't love a good S-Corp? Just... Think about the potential tax savings there. <laughs> um, they do also offer LLCs, which I also know offer some tax savings, but I guess S-Corp is really what they're obsessed with. And so when you sign up, you get assistance from experts on staff in addition to a software platform that easily keeps track of everything. I imagine it's a all-in-one, one-stop shop, keep it as yeah. frictionless as possible. As for pricing, either it's $2.99 per month or for those solopreneurs that are really counting their pennies, oh, yeah. it can be $250 for a month if you pay yearly. Yeah, pay that up front, make, make those savings, right? And hopefully the thing probably pays for itself if, if you don't really know what you're doing and you can get those tax savings totally. immediately. Totally, so. I'd imagine. And again, just not having to hire other people. Like The savings potential is tremendous. Oh yeah, definitely. So with this round of funding, a little bit more on their continued vision for, for what they want to become. They're going to build a lot more AI tools. So AI co-pilots internally to allow their mm -hmm. team to become more efficient and better serve their members, as well as robust new AI-powered member-facing capabilities. And I'm, I'm taking this directly from Human's blog post announcing the, the, the round. They're going to focus on adding a new bookkeeping dashboard, uh, a task tracking tool, as well as financial insights some other features as well, I'm sure, but largely riding this AI wave and continuing their vision to help solopreneurs stay solopreneurs and, and, and help them with the stuff they don't want to do. Yeah, I mean, the AI senses are tingling there. You mentioned it a couple times, and that's, again, from the blog post. Um, they're also going to look to scale operations to continue to better serve their rapidly growing membership base. They've also got a wait list that they've got to yeah. get to. While we were going through the show notes, you and I talked about how this reminds us of our interview with Tyler Amundsen back on episode 69, one of our best episodes yet. Yeah, Certainly a check great it one. Out. You got to check that Maybe one. Maybe listen if again if you already have. And there's some exciting stuff going on at Lightbulb, but that's for another time. So similar to Tyler's beliefs, the collective team believes that with AI technology, individuals can multiply their abilities enormously. And with Tyler, he was saying that he doesn't want a company bigger than 150 people mm -hmm. because the capability of a lean 150-member team yeah. is, you know, it outsizes a massive corporation. That's that sweet spot range right there. Right. And with Collective, their goal one day is to empower the first one-person billion-dollar business. Oh, my God. That is insane. I mean, I think 
you know, whether it's possible because of inflation or because of <laughs> whichever comes first, True. but it will still be so impressive yeah. if and when that day comes. And, you know, clearly there will be a lot of AI technology behind that person that eventually does it. I, I'm, I'm confident it will happen. I, you know, I think I agree. I think we're, we're pushing up on a lot of barriers to entry in terms of what we believe is possible, right? Solopreneur, billion dollar, one person business. But given the state of AI, as well as just the distributed, democratized nature of the internet right now, and it only continues to get wider yeah. and wider, right? It does feel eventually over time, statistically speaking, it, it will happen. Yeah. So will remain to be seen if collective is at their backing um with the with the financial and accounting back end um for that solopreneur but a really cool company i don't know exactly about the competitive landscape but i'm sure there are going to be a lot of other ai solutions if not you know there's clearly a bunch already out there but i think it's going to be that combined approach with a team of experts and and a really strong team at that so we're going to yeah. be excited to see how they grow into that and, and eventually hopefully comp- accomplish that goal. Right. And when that one person billion dollar business is created, we got to interview the founder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would it be? It'd be like a power washing business. <laughs> Cash only. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think we even know what it would be, honestly. No. We're pushing so many new envelopes and boundaries by the daily. It could be something we're not even talking about yet. Drop shipping. Dropshipping. <laughs> For our second story on this week's dose, we have Waste Fuel, which recently raised a $10 million Series B led by BP Ventures, along with participation from Time Ventures, which is headed by Mark Benioff, the CEO of Salesforce, as well as NetJets and several other investors. The startup has forged a strategic partnership with BP to advance sustainable energy solutions in the global shipping industry. Yeah, so a a little more background on this. The transportation sector is a significant contributor, as we've covered in previous episodes, Mm -hmm. to carbon emissions. And there's a growing push towards decarbonization from various companies, trade groups, and governments as well. Mm -hmm. And currently, more than 90% of consumer products are transported over water. That's crazy. Yeah, that's mind-boggling. And this is prompting major players in the shipping industry to consider converting to biomethanol-ready ships. Mm -hmm. Research shows that using available techniques, including biomethanol, could reduce maritime emissions by approximately one-third to one-half. That is crazy. Crazy significant potential reduction in carbon emissions there. Uh, Really exciting stuff, and that's why we needed to cover this company. Yeah. And so you did a great job setting the scene there. We mentioned biomethanol a couple of times. Enter Waste Fuel. Founded in 2018 by Trevor Nielsen and Alejandro Estrade, Waste fuel aims to solve two growing global crises, the need to decarbonize transportation as quickly as possible at large scale, and that touches on what you just mentioned with mm-hmm. the global shipping industry, as well as the need to reduce waste. And so the startup focuses on converting municipal and agricultural waste into low-carbon fuels, such as biomethanol, ding, 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 to lead the net zero transition in the maritime transportation sector. That's a really cool solution, kind of this killed two climate change birds with one stone totally two growing problems yeah one man's waste is another man's cargo shipping fuel yeah exactly <laughs> as the expression goes yeah and so they've got big plans to expand waste fuel plans to establish several biomethanol plants worldwide in collaboration with local strategic partners 
starting with the first one in Dubai. And these plants will supply sustainable biomethanol to global transportation leaders to accelerate their shift to these alternative fuels. Pretty awesome. Awesome. Really exciting stuff. And with that, they've got some exciting recent traction that we wanted to highlight too. WasteFuel recently launched the WasteFuel Methanol Module which is designed to produce up to 100 metric tons per day of fuel-grade methanol in a cost-effective and scalable manner. They also recently entered a strategic partnership with Averta, a prominent waste management, treatment, and recycling company in emerging markets. Mm -hmm. And together they're developing the first commercial-scale municipal waste-to-renewable methanol plant in the Middle East. That is quite a sentence and well-delivered by you, you, my friend. (laughs) Um, And now we've already mentioned some mind-boggling numbers in this dose and with this company, but let's close out with just a couple more. Why not? So currently, the world produces 2 billion metric tons of municipal solid waste annually. And the World Bank estimates that this number will rise to 3.4 billion metric tons by 2050. Additionally, biomethanol, when compared to conventional fuels, significantly reduces carbon dioxide emissions up to 95%, as well as nitrogen oxide emissions up to 80%, and eliminates sulfur oxide and other harmful emissions entirely when compared to conventional fuels. So again, the potential for saving the climate and all these emissions is, is incredible. Yeah, I mean, eliminating all those oxides and keeping them to Get those you know, keeping them here. at bay. I, God's work. At bay. Nice. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, jokes aside, because we could obviously keep going there for way too long. Uh, this is exactly the type of company, you know, the the target pinpoint company that we like to highlight, which is it's got a tangible impact, right? Reducing waste, reducing carbon emissions and making money along the way. That's the trifecta for us of what the type of company we like to highlight. Yeah. And I think it's also cool to just, you know, reemphasize that one of their main investors is a strategic mm-hmm. BP their venture arm. And I think it's really cool that venture arms are even a thing. And I think they're less emphasized oftentimes yeah. than like the, the big name VC firms. But that strategic partnership could be a big difference maker in how this company grows. You know, having all those connections, that expertise really yeah. close by. So true. And a strong strategic partnership really sets a startup up for success, right? Like we've covered companies, partnerships with Microsoft. This one's with BP. That's basically a vote of confidence by that massive corporation in the technology and future that this startup is trying to build. It feels like Waste Fuel is off to a very strong start here and has gotten the attention of BP, which is, again, a major player in this in this space. Yeah, and I think those players like BP realize they need to invest in the next mm-hmm. generation, you know, these lean companies that are innovating in their industry. It's great for both of them. Uh, great partnership moving forward. We'll be excited to see how they how they do, you know, implementing this technology in, in all these different markets. It's, it's going to be no easy task, but they're yeah. well on their way. Yeah. All right. And for our last company on this week's dose of keeping up with the Kardashians, yeah. <laughs> Skims raised a $270 million Series wow. C led by Wellington Management. Yeah. Wow. That is a massive Series C for a clothing company. The round was joined by Green Oaks Capital Partners, D1 Capital Partners, as well as Imaginary Ventures. And so this is remarkable. In just four years, the company has raised $670 million and has reached a valuation of $4 billion. I can't, I can't believe that. But at the same time, like Kim, Kim K has built an empire. Right? Everything she touches turns to gold, yeah, it feels like. It's, it's incredible. Like her or not, money follows her around. Yeah. 
Yeah, and this company originally started as a seller of shapewear to help customers fit into body-hugged clothing, right? Mm -hmm. So they started pretty narrow there, but shapewear no longer accounts for the majority of Skims' sales. They've expanded now into a wide array of clothing categories, including swimwear, loungewear. They've even got plans, which... Get excited, boys out there. <laughs> Woo-woo! Uh, plans to branch into men's clothing this fall. Yeah. So really slim down. <laughs> get a good body-hugging yeah. set. That'd be awesome. Yeah, if, if, if my sister's listening, hopefully she'll get me a gift card. My birthday's in the fall, oh, so yeah. <laughs> timing could work. Um, but a little bit more on the expansion plans here. So Skims was originally a company that sold direct to consumer, right? It was an online business. And they're actually planning to try their luck in the physical retail brick and mortar space with plans to open flagship stores in New York City and Los Angeles next year, which I imagine will make a killing. Yeah, honestly. I, that's exciting. I mean, to compete with the top brands that people may start to compare Skims to, you think of Lululemon, mm -hmm. you think of Aloe, you know. Or is it Aloe? I think it's Allo. Yeah, Allo. Sound sound from, off in the comments. If you're from Chicago, it's Allo. Allo. <laughs> they all have stores. Like mm -hmm. if you're on South Congress over there in Austin, you got to have a store there to you know have that presence. It's true. So it makes a big difference in taking that next step. I wonder how long till Skims gets on South Congress. I, you know, flagship stores go well. I feel like it could be only a couple of years. Yeah, and it also make a killing out here. Obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if it was soon. And so transitioning into some metrics here, Skims is on track to reach seven hundred fifty million dollars in sales this year, which oh my is God. insane. Uh, and that's up from five hundred million dollars, which is also insane. And that's what they reached back in twenty twenty two. Yeah, roughly 15% of online customers for Skims come from outside of the U.S., mm -hmm. and approximately 70% of overall customers are millennials and Gen Z. Not surprising Yeah, there. makes sense. Direct-to-consumer, kind of this younger crowd, building a big fan following, I would say. Uh, over the last year, over 11 million people have joined waitlists to buy the brand's most popular items, which typically sell out pretty quickly. Right. And that actually highlights some of the challenges that we wanted to talk. So some of the challenges moving forward for Skims is A, managing inventory as the company widens its product offerings and opens their physical stores. Hopefully, you know, they resolve these wait lists that need to be created for mm -hmm. products that sell out. And that's obviously a whole supply chain thing. Additionally, they are going to have to compete against companies that are offering steep discounts in the face of consumers cutting back on discretionary spending in light of all of the inflation that's been going on in the past year or so. Yeah, it becomes the power of the brand versus, you know, the knockoffs that really are probably of the same or similar quality, right? like the Amazon dupes, you know, mm -hmm. you might see, uh, but the, there's a s extreme power to a brand with especially uh, as big a celebrity as Kim Kardashian right. is behind it. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I think there will always be people that are willing to pay for that brand, Yeah, even, I, even in tough times. Yeah, and as someone who, you know, shops at Lululemon and sees what the prices are like at similar stores, I'm all for com competition driving all their prices down yeah. a little bit, right? I think well, we'd nobody be, would complain. We'd be remiss not to mention our, our good friend Brett, who loves trying to like rally the troops to buy direct from Lululemon's <laughs> supplier Chinese in China. <laughs> like, yeah, it's probably a good idea, but yeah. like, I mean, he might get a random package in approximately 17 weeks from now <laughs> with his pants, but yeah. <laughs> we'll true, see. true. Going to be the wrong size. There's going to be no zipper in the in the fly. <laughs> but do. we'll wait for that day. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, to, to sort of wrap up with this round, people are starting to speculate on if and when Skims intends to go public. Mm-hmm. So due to their, of course, growing valuation and, and growing sales, the, the momentum there, but also with their involvement now with Wellington Management, a firm that's known for investing in companies right before they go public. So the expertise there, I'm sure that's on the near-term roadmap. Right. It, it feels more like a when than an if. And also, this is the Kardashians, right? So you know they want to swirl up some rumors. Oh, yeah. Have the internet going crazy about them. They've been... The, the family has been masterminds at that for probably over a decade at this point. But this is actually some exciting rumors, at least in my perspective. This is the most the, exciting Kardashian. In the Kardashian rumor. world, yeah. This is like <laughs> the most interested I've been. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting to see how far Skims goes. I, I really do think that their flagship stores will be a huge success in those big cities where they have such a strong presence and fan base, of course. Right. And then they'll continue to expand. I, I truly think, you know, timestamp, make a mental note right here yeah. that in only a few years we'll see some skim stores in South Congress and around Austin and around the United States. Yeah, I agree. And you'll be able to invest in SKIM, ticker symbol. Seriously. Calling it now. <laughs> but yeah, no, a great dose. Three companies this week. Uh, we're staying lean and mean mm-hmm. in the summer. Excited to keep this rolling yeah. as we're here in person together, my friend. It's it's a summer of travel back and forth, but we're we're making it work. And uh, boy, it's hot! It's hot down there. <laughs> it's hot up here. It's, it's hot, hot in, in here too right yeah. now. Yeah, it's not a hundred not a hundred degrees. No, it's been fun. We'll we'll have a couple more uh, regular doses, packing the punch with some more innovative startups coming right. up in these next couple. Of as weeks. promised in our mid year check in. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's it's summertime, right? Everyone's working on their summer body, venture pill included. So yeah. we're uh, we're getting lean, but we're also packing a strong dose with every oh, with yeah. every breakdown. Consult your pharmacist before taking. Yeah, probably take it sitting down with a meal, <laughs> <laughs> and don't right. operate heavy machinery after. Yeah. <laughs> All right, team. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low-key, okie-dokie, that's alright, but wait, I don't know how to do things. The views, statements, and opinions expressed herein by the hosts and their guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast should not be construed as reflecting the views or implied endorsement of Independent Brokerage Solutions, LLC, or any of its officers, employees, or agents. The statements made herein should not be considered an investment opinion, advice, or recommendation regarding securities of any company. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes and is not to be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a security.